the 147th Psalm, if you would turn with me. I'd like to read three verses of scripture and give you my thoughts and do it briefly. Could be tonight that somebody is seated in the building or somebody that's watching or listening needs the message tonight. And I had no idea when I woke this morning that I would be standing here tonight or this would be the message that I would preach. September the 2nd was yesterday, marks the anniversary of one of the darkest days of my life. It was in 2007. We were in a route on Route Oilers outside of Baghdad. And an EFP went through the driver's side, the passenger's side, all the way through the vehicle of one of our lead gun trucks in Iraq. Staff Sergeant Delmar White, a lifelong career soldier, a former Marine, and gave his life that night in the heat of a battle. To my recollection, I believe that there were five others that night that we called for medevacs. And they came and they carried them to aid stations. Most would end up in Germany. Most would face several surgeries. But would come home completely changed forever physically. This coming Sunday marks the second of the darkest days of my life. Just one week apart. Coming out of a route was known as the triple nickel. And a V-bed, a vehicle, came into our convoy purposely. Hit the driver's side of a, one of our vehicle convoys. That vehicle overturned. And the turret of that vehicle separated from the main body and hydraulic fluid was all inside of that turret and immediately it engulfed in flames. The young man that I had known just days, Private First Class Sammy Phillips, on September the 10th, burned alive in a turret. Brother Mike, He's one of my heroes. I'd been preaching a while before I went to Iraq. And when I come home, I was preaching one night and Brother Mike said, there's something different about your preaching. I never did tell him what the difference was. But I'll tell you, and I've not said it publicly in this fashion. When you hear the screams and you see the flames... And you smell death. It does something inside of you. Outside of the ministry I've devoted and dedicated my life. Since I've been home in 2008, I was deployed 400 days on that deployment. We had a total of four that were killed in action. I think 12 or 13 that came home physically changed forever. 
But since 2008 till this day, 24 of those young men have either attempted or have been successful in committing suicide. Of 189 soldiers. I had no idea this would be the message. But God did. The 147th Psalm says, praise you the Lord. (laughs) For it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Verse number three is where our thought is this evening. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Several years ago, an older pastor told me this. He's gone to heaven now. He said, always title your message. They'll never remember what you preach, but they'll always remember the title. I want to preach just for a few moments about searching for the wounded. Searching for the wounded. The psalmist calls our attention to praise and to praise God for praise is comely and praise is pleasant. And it says the Lord doth build up Jerusalem, gathers gathers together the outcasts of Israel and he healeth the broken in their heart and he bindeth up their wounds. 2016, there was a Hollywood movie that was made. It was directed by Mel Gibson. It was the life story of a young man by the name of Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss, ironically enough, was working in the shipyards in Virginia as a carpenter. He got the call of his country and answered the call of his country uh, to come and present himself uh, to service in war to our country. Desmond Doss brought himself and uh, gave himself as a sacrifice in service to this nation. There was something unique about Desmond Doss. The unique thing about him was, it's a term that we use in the military called, he was a conscientious objector. Simply what it means is this. He refused to take up arms and bear arms against his fellow citizen. He refused to take the life of another individual. Yes, he wished to serve his country. Yes, he wished to do his duty to his country, but there was something inside of him that convicted him that would not allow him, and he became known as a conscientious objector. Those of you in the building tonight that knows anything about the service, you'll know that there's only two positions that a person can fulfill inside the service of this country and especially at the time of war that someone can be in that is a conscientious objector. One is the office of chaplaincy. The second is the position of a medic. Desmond Doss reported to duty, said, I want to serve my country. I want to do my part, but I cannot take the life. I cannot bear arms against another individual. Put me where I don't have to take a life. They said, you've got two options. You can either be a chaplain or a medic. By the way, both of them, instead of taking life, both of them save life. Desmond said, make me a medic. I want to give you just a brief rundown about this individual. Desmond, of course, went through basic training like all the soldiers did then. 
But in the beginning of his career, was it the Hollywood fame? It wasn't the movie that you see. He went through many gruesome, gruesome attacks from others because of his beliefs. He was wounded, spit upon, beaten and battered and bruised, all because he refused to take up arms against another individual. All because of his core beliefs that said he refused to take the life of another individual. He wanted to serve and save life, but he did not want to take life. He went all through of that, uh, graduated from basic training, uh, got his assignment and was assigned to the Guam and the Philippines. It was in, the Guam, in Guam and Philippines that he was wounded in battle and received two bronze stars with a V device, which mean actions of valor as a medic. The movie is based on his story because he was awarded the highest honor and the highest medal of our nation, this country, the Medal of Honor. The story is based around the battle, the Battle of Okinawa, a place called in the title of the movie called Hacksaw Ridge. The thing about Desmond Doss was this, at Hacksaw Ridge, he climbed the ladder went into the battlefield and called out and searched and looked for those that had been wounded. When he heard the voice of those crying under the enemy fire, he, he crawled and dug himself and got to them and began to bind up the wounds of those that he found. Not just that, he began to carry wounded soldier after soldier to the place of safety and let them down. Some of you may have seen that movie. Some of you may remember the story. This is Desmond Doss, that one that refuses to take life, but that one that committed himself to save life. And he goes into the battlefield and he searches for the wounded and he listens for the cries of the wounded. And when he hears them, he does everything he can to get to them and bind up wounds and carry them to safety. Desmond Doss doesn't do that just one time. Not two times, not three times, not 10, 20, 50. But Desmond Doss goes 75 times. Many of those that spat on him, many of those that cursed him, many of those that beat him in the dark hours of the night, many of those that wouldn't have anything to do with him in the heat of battle when wounds came into their life. Desmond crawled through the thick of the battle, through the fire going over his head and heard the cries of the wounded and came to the very ones that had bruised his body. <laughs> Searching for the wounded. Can I give you a few facts about Desmond Doss? He was wounded a total of four times. 75 pieces of shrapnel were removed from his body over several surgeries afterwards for several years, most of them from a grenade exploding on top of him. Desmond Doss lost the use of his arm after the service went back to be a, a, just a simple carpenter but had to suffer many years because of the use of his arm was no longer there. Desmond Doss contracted tuberculosis one time in a medical hospital in military service. He lost his lung. He had five ribs that was removed from his body because of the wounds. He was overdosed inside of a military hospital from those wounds and completely became deaf and could no longer hear. They asked Desmond Doss the question, I'm hurrying. What made you go back? Most of us in this room 
would feel like that was a qualifying event for valor or heroism just to go one time and to listen for the cries of the wounded and one time drag somebody to safety and one time spare somebody or save somebody's life. But he didn't just do that once. He did it all day. He did it all night. He did it all day the next day. And a power came from somewhere else. And Desmond said, I was just doing my job. Searching for the wounded. Psalms 147 is a picture of our Lord. There are three missions, by the way, of the church. This church and all churches, the church. Number one, that's to bring them in. Number two, that's to build them up. And number three, that's to send them out. Praise the Lord. The Bible says this, go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel. He said, go into the highways and into the hedges and compel them to come in. This is what he said, you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. We are compelled to go out. We are compelled to search for the wounded. And when we find them, it is our mission to bind their wounds, to bring them in and to heal the brokenhearted. Where did these souls receive their wounds? The psalmist says, he bindeth up their wounds. I've got a list I'd like to offer you this evening. First of all, we have those, and maybe those that are here, but certainly all of us in the building can be a testimony to this. There are those that have been wounded by Satan. Genesis chapter number three, we find when that wound comes to society and man. Man has created, uh, God has created man in perfect fellowship in the garden. Uh, But Satan comes along and Satan interjects himself. He comes to seek and to steal and destroy and to rob us. And there in the beginning, in the garden, Satan come and guess what he did? He deceived and he wounded. And sin came. Because of sin, death comes. We're living in a fallen society We're a fallen race, all because of the wound of sin. There are those tonight that may sit here wounded, but that original wound that came in Genesis chapter number three, it has now befallen you that you are sitting here tonight lost and undone. I was reminded just this week of a story that I read a few years ago. They asked Charles Spurgeon one time why that his ministry had been so effective, why that hundreds and thousands had come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There was a group of pastors that was questioning him and he was in a high-rise office building in London, I believe, at the time. He asked those preachers to go to the window. He said, look out the window and tell me what you see. There were those that looked out the window and said, well, we see businessmen and businesswomen scurrying on the streets going to their jobs. He asked another pastor, what do you see? And they said, we see school children hustling and bustling along the streets going to school. He asked another one, what do you see? Oh, we see mothers and fathers and we see married couples and we see people just going about their daily life. And Charles Spurgeon walked to the window with a tear in his eye and he looked out the window and he said, I don't see any of that. All I see is lost people on their way to hell that's been wounded by sin. And until we can see and search for the wounded, we're not effective for the Lord. (laughs) Could be tonight that someone's here and wounded by sin till we can look out the window and see sinners. (laughs) We're ineffective. 
Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis 3, they were wounded by Satan, but in Genesis chapter number 6, we see the wounds of sin and what sin does. Sin gets to the point that it encompasses so much so that God has to send judgment upon sin because sin abounded and sin grew and sin grows. Can I tell you this? There is a fact tonight that this society that we live in is living under the wounds of sin and sin is abounding and sin is growing and sin is multiplying. Oh, but thank God I'm glad for the promise of the word of God where sin did abound, grace did much more abound, but we've got to listen and hear the wounds of those that have been wounded by sin in our society. That leads me to the next point. Genesis chapter number 21, we see a picture of someone who has been wounded by society itself. (laughs) The Bible tells us that God gives a promise to Abraham and Sarah. You're going to have a son. And by the way, she did laugh at the thought that God could do that. So much so that she devised a plan and said, we will take matters into our own hands and we will help God fulfill his promise to us. Let me give you something this right here. When you decide to fulfill the promises of God in yourself and in your power, I'm gonna promise you it'll always wound somebody. That's what happens in churches all across our country is when people take it into their own hands to fulfill the promises of God that God has made us in his word. God doesn't need us to fulfill his promise. God's promise is there whether we do it or not. But listen, when we take matters into our own hands and we take God out of the picture, somebody's going to get wounded. You know what she said? Let's just help God in his promise and uh, you take my handmaid Hagar. And you have a son. (laughs) And they did. You remember his name? Ishmael. That was the plan that they made to fulfill the promise of God that God had made them. But can I tell you, God's promises always come true. And when God's promise came true, she did bear a son and his name was Isaac. But when Isaac was born, do you remember what happened? We no longer need Hagar and we no longer need Ishmael. By the way, let's give them a little bread. Let's give them a little water. Let's send them out to the desert to die because they're no longer important. (laughs) I could stop right here and preach a while. What we have is a picture in the word of God of someone who has been wounded by society and what I mean by that is someone who took matters into their own hands who thought they knew better than God who thought their plan was greater than God and out of that comes wounds to people it's hurt to people they sit in churches they leave churches they don't come back to churches because somebody got in God's way Here they are wounded by society. Downtrodden and downcast. That's why he said he gathers the outcast of Jerusalem, binds up those that are wounded. I've been in several churches and around several ministries that people still carry scars of wounds. Folks who took matters in their own hand and thought they knew better than God did. 
And it could be tonight that somebody's sitting in this church and the very reason you're here is because you've been wounded somewhere. And you need somebody that'll look out, that'll listen, that'll bind the wounds. I gotta move on. Mark chapter number one, we see a picture of those that's wounded by sickness. It's the story of the leper. You know the story, the leper comes to Jesus and said, if thou would, you could make me clean. You got to go back to the Old Testament to understand what he's saying. The Old Testament gave the law that said once you contracted leprosy, there was a boundary that was set immediately. It's a picture of sin, really. But we're going to use it tonight for what it is. It's sickness in the body. And when they contracted this sickness, there was a separation. There was something that happened. And by the law, they had to stand on the outside. They had to cut their hands together. And when folks come around them, they had to declare themselves unclean, unclean, unclean. And he has lived his life with this dreaded disease, living on the outside, standing on the outside. He's been wounded by something in his flesh and in his body. And the law says you have to stand a ways off. But listen what he does in Mark chapter one. He comes to the boundary line. He goes all the way as far as he can go. And he stands in the presence of the savior of the world. By the way, he's standing in the presence of the healer when he gets there. He can only come so far. He can't reach out and touch Jesus but he stands at that boundary line and he says, if you would, if you would, you could make me clean. He shows us a picture of faith. He's wounded in his flesh by sickness. Oh, but I'm thankful for the words that Jesus said. Simple words, but powerful words. They're underlined, they're circled, they're starred. They're in italics in my Bible. Jesus simply says this, I will. Do you know, praise the Lord, do you know tonight there may be somebody that's already walked this aisle in Rubyville this evening that's got a diagnosis from a doctor in this body that we can't understand and we can't do anything about. Oh, but listen, we can stand on the boundary line. We can look over into yonder's world and say, I still trust you. I still trust you. And if you would, you can. I'm still thankful. God looks down and says, I will. Wounded by sickness. Actually, you know what the leper's saying? He's saying, I know you can, but do you care enough to do it? There's two of my greatest friends in this world. One's name is Justin Jones. One's name is Eric Conkright. I hope those fellas are watching. I served the majority of my career, 21 years in service with those men. And on the night of September the 10th, when the turret was separated from an ASV and hydraulic flood had caught flame and began to burn, those men crawled into that turret and did everything they could do to pull him out. So much so that when they came out, they were visibly wounded that they would crawl into the flame and crawl into the fire where somebody else is to try to save their life. They were awarded the third highest honor, both of them. Only about seven has been awarded in the war on terrorism and two of them came from our unit, the Soldier's Medal. 
He looks and says, I know you can, but do you care enough to do it? Can I just give you this? We've got to get our care back for those that's been wounded. Whether it be by Satan and sin or whether it would be by society or whether it would be by sickness, those that don't understand when sickness comes their way and their faith is weak because they don't understand why that they're sick. They're saved, they serve the Lord, but sickness comes and that sickness wounds them and they can't understand it. Oh, but listen, friend, all you've got to do is just come to the boundary line as far as we can go. Look over by faith and call upon the name of Jesus. I want to promise you this. If you his healing is coming. It'll either come here or it'll come there. Suits me just fine. Thank God I'll take it either way. I spend my days now working for the Department of Veterans Affairs. I hope this is okay. 75% of the patients that we see come through the doors for appointments at the VA in Lexington, Kentucky are now Vietnam vets. I'm going to pause here and say something to the Vietnam vets if you're here. Thank you for your service. Here's the reason I do that. They were never brought home the right way. And as far as I know, it's one of the darkest and deepest stains on the history of this country. And I can read nowhere, see nowhere, Brother Cal, that this nation has ever tried to right that wrong. To the point that it's been a wound that those men have carried all of their life. Many drafted, answered the call, in service to our country only to come home and be spat upon and called names and ridiculed and mocked to go to work and to build this country and labor in this country and to raise their families and nobody ever knew it. They never talk about it. They never say it, but they carry a wound deep down inside of them that's caused by a country that forsook them and didn't bring them home the right way. Oh, listen to me. I've stood beside the casket of many of those men that we have planted on this side only to say this to their family. They weren't brought home right in this life. Oh, but you listen to me, friend. There's a homecoming. There is a welcome home one day on the streets of gold. If we'll trust Jesus Christ, thank God he searches for the wounded. The hardest wounds that we deal with. Listen to me, young people especially. What Satan would like to do, the reason Charlotte... Charlotte said, I say this often, know who you are, know whose you are, and know what you have. Because if you don't know who you are and whose you are, I'll promise you this, the devil will give you a role to play. And he'll destroy you with it. The hardest wounds that we deal with, and I'm hurrying, I've got other ones, but I've breezed by them, is the self-inflicted wound. 
that a person could get to the place in their life where that they thought they had no hope and they had no reason and they had nothing to cling to or nothing to hold to or nothing to call out to and they self-inflict wounds. I, I'm going to promise you this. we got people sitting in this building that because of hopeless situations, because you did not know where to turn at the time things happened in your life, self-inflicted wounds. The hardest wound, the deepest wound, the worst wound, I believe of all, is the one that we inflict on ourselves. But the psalmist said, He healeth the broken in their heart and he bindeth up their wounds. Not sure if the movie depicts it correctly, but there are many that have gone on record and been video recorded since the battle at Hacksaw Ridge that said this, and I'm wrapping it up. We heard Private Doss come and we heard him go to somebody else that was wounded and bind their wounds and, and give them the medication and carry them. And we'd watch him go off out of the distance, out of our sight, and think, he'll never come back for me. And then we'd hear his voice. And we knew as long as we cried out, medic, Medic, there was hope that he could hear us. There was hope that he could find us. And if he could just find us, we had hope that we would make it. And they said, we surely thought there's no way he can come and get another. They asked Desmond Doss, how did you have the strength to go 75 times and carry 75 men and do that over and over and over? This is what he said in his personal testimony. I prayed and asked God, give me the strength to get one more. Give me the strength to get one more. Give me the strength to hear one more. Can I tell you what Rubyville could do tonight? We could stand here and say, God, give us the strength to find one more. Give us the strength to hear one more that we could go and find Find them. <laughs> By the way, I've read through the Bible and I never did find any other reason really of God ever being moved outside of the cries of his people. when we would cup our hands and say, God, I need you. And even though you may not have the power, the ability to get to where he is, he's able to hear. And he's able to see. And what affects you don't affect him. And the battle that you're in, listen... They said, how did you ever live? How did you ever make it? He said, I don't know. There was just a hedge that was placed around me and I could hear one more. I would go to one more. I would carry one more. And then when I was done, there would be a strength that would come and I would give another. I would go to another. I would carry another. Oh, but can I tell you, it is a picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guess what he did? He was come. He was wounded and afflicted at the hands of men. They sneered him. They mocked him. They cursed him. And they hung him on a tree. 
but the very ones that cursed him and the very ones that mocked him, hanging on the cross, he looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So much so, praise God, that those very ones that stood at the foot of that cross said, surely, 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 this is the Son of God who comes searching for the wounded. I spend my life now in service to our nation's veterans trying to help heal wounds. I'm going to give you a piece of information tonight that will help you. Not all wounds are visible. And it took me a long time to understand that personally. You can't see them all. And because we can't see them, oftentimes we don't understand them. And sitting in this building tonight are wounds that people don't see. There's some of you carrying things tonight that only God knows about. It'd be a good night just to put your faith and trust in the one that's searching for the wounded. See, while I've been preaching tonight about the wounds, there's one that's been searching the battlefield. There's one that's been looking and listening and watching. And it could be tonight that this message is for a purpose and a reason for somebody in this building that says, I need him that can bind my wounds. The psalmist said, give him praise. Give him honor and give him glory. He's due. He's worthy. Do you know why? When nobody else would come, he will. When nobody else could, he can. And he does. Desmond Doss was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. He died a few years ago. God blessed him and gave him a good long life. But the most important thing that I've ever heard from the lips of Desmond Doss is this. I knew one that was greater than me. When they asked him and tried to give him honor and give him praise for what he did, he would never accept it. He'd say, it wasn't me. I was only doing what I was called to do. I was only doing the job that I was given to do. But he would always point himself toward the God of heaven. Friends, tonight there is one that still searches for the wounded. There is one that's still looking for you and still listening for the cry. Be ashamed tonight to be sitting in this building wounded by any of those reasons. And the greatest Savior, the greatest one of all of creation, come by this way and you not cry out. Jesus. Jesus. He said, Every cry I heard, I knew I had to get to him. I believe tonight from heaven. There's one searching for the wounded. This coming September the 10th, Sammy Phillips is his anniversary. He'd been married three months when we left. He was 19 years old, full of life. Bought an airplane at our MOBE site and on his first flight, it got away from him and it got out of control. We never found it. And he thought it was the funniest thing in the world that he couldn't find his airplane. September the 10th, just a few days after that, he was gone. Friends, I'm going to tell you tonight, there's an end for all of us. 
There are going to be those that's going to leave here failing to cry out the name of Jesus. And I did come home different. I understand and know that. You can't go into a battle and come home the same. There's many of you, I know that our pride swells up and we say there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. And all the while, there's a storm in our heart. Wounded and needing Jesus. I'm going to turn it over to you, Pastor, tonight and let him close. I want to say this this evening as the invitation is given. We do our best to survey and look over a crowd. We often ask for hands. If you need prayer, raise your hand. If you need prayer, look at us. Those are just traditional things that we do. One night under the tent, I did that. I closed the service and someone come to me after the service and they said there was a man with his hand up in the back and you didn't see him. And they said he wanted to be saved, but you didn't see him. Now service is over. When I made my way to him, he was 83. (laughs) He's just driving down the road and saw the tent. Came and sat down and in that service realized he was lost. Wounded by sin. He'd been wounded by society. Things had been done that drove him from the church instead of to the church. Sickness had crept into his body. But God in his grace and in his mercy brought him to a tent. He raised his hand and this little preacher missed it. When I made my way to him, I said, I'm sorry. I tried my very best to see every hand and I wouldn't have looked over you for nothing. But know this, I know one that didn't miss it. And it may get past me and it may get past your pastor. It may get past these ministers and these uh, people that sing. It may get past everybody. Oh, but tonight there is one that nothing gets by him and nothing gets past him. And what you need tonight, he can do for you if you call on the name of Jesus.